Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. You don't need a deep-rooted history and Bible study to know that God's message is one of salvation. Sure, there's more to it than that, but the foundational message really is that simple. In today's message from Pastor Jim, you will learn to appreciate the power and the simplicity of this message. You will also be reminded to guard yourself against anyone who misrepresents God's message for their own gain. This is the second of three parts on this final gift from heaven and communicates clearly God's love for you. Well, let's join Pastor Jim in the book of Luke chapter 2 as he continues his message, A Present from Heaven, Purpose. The Bible says you have to be a perfect person to enter heaven. Any of you perfect? No, none of us are perfect. Some of us may think we are, but we're not. We're not perfect at all. Jesus was perfect, but we are, we are not. God is holy. That's why the cross is such a beautiful thing. You have this Jesus perfection, okay? And he is being treated as if he was a sinner. And his perfection is transferred to us. He takes our sins and his perfection is transferred to us when we put our trust in him. Okay, so you say, that's fine. Is there more? Yes. The best news is yet to come. It says this, that we might say in order that we might receive the adoption as sons. Some would say children. In other words, what he's saying is that God will actually make you his son or his daughter and you will get eternal life in heaven. How do you get that? By grace through faith. You didn't do it. By grace through putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Now, Mary and Joseph seem to me to be people of quiet faith and humble obedience. That is something within all of our reach. They weren't perfect people. I mean, at one point in time, Mary seems to kind of be doubting Jesus a little bit, right? So they weren't perfect people. But being quiet and humble and, and obeying God is something within all of our reach. Well, what would they have done? Similar to what we just talked about up here they would have read and taught Jesus scripture. I mean, some people think that Jesus was born knowing scripture, you know? What baby's first words? A lot of times it's dada, right? We love that, us fathers, we love that. Because it's harder to say a mm than a duh. <laughs> duh. <laughs> but a lot of people think Jesus' first word was, thou shalt love the Lord God with all your heart, <laughs> right? No, they had to teach him the scripture. They said their prayers with Jesus. They, they took him to worship services. It's hard not to see how serious Mary and Joseph were in worshiping God with a prepared heart and a prepared soul. They were in God's house, preparing their hearts and soul, worshiping God. You know, if you don't have a New Year's resolution, there's one for you right there. Not just to come into God's house, but to come into God's house with a prepared heart and a prepared soul. So they obey the Lord and they go to the temple. Did they feel like it? I don't know. Was it convenient? Miles from home, traveling, walking on a donkey, you just had a baby a few months ago or something like that, two months ago, what's it? 
I don't think it's convenient. Did they want to go? Doesn't tell us. Would have been easier to sleep in. People watching at home. <laughs> we love you guys. Now, we're not told at all. So why should we come to church? Because the Lord told us to. You're like, it's that simple? Yeah, it's that simple. It's that simple. Sometimes coming to church is a delight. Sometimes it's a duty. Personally, I don't know about you, but I've noticed in my own life and in the lives of a lot of other people that opportunity often comes to people who obey. And God just seems to bring these things kind of into our path. It's also true, we often meet Jesus where God's people are. Have you ever noticed that? You feel like you're out of touch with God and all of a sudden a friend comes up to you and speaks a word to you and you're like, they walk away and you're like, was that my friend, God, or was that you? And what was that? You know, if you're not a follower of Jesus or you're not so sure, sinners often meet God where God's people are. They do. I know that's where I met God. I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is weird. But I love, next thing I knew, I was one of them. You know, if we go to a church that teaches the word of the Lord, we hear the word of the Lord at church. We hear what? We hear, we hear the call of Jesus. We hear what the next step is for our faith journey to take. I think the thing about Mary and Joseph that probably is the most obvious to me, I can't say for sure, but it seems obvious to me, is um, they don't give it a second thought. They just go to the house of the Lord. Did you ever think that maybe that's some of our problem, is that we give it a second thought? I mean, one of the worst things you can ever say to me is I'll be talking and you'll be like, well, I hope to see you Sunday. And you go, I have to, I'm serving. <laughs> no, 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 no. But we give things a second thought. You know, it's that second thought that costs you. You know that, don't you? Instead of just doing the right thing. I want to talk to the online people that are watching right now. I know there's some people that, because of health reasons, or maybe some people from out of state that watch and stuff like that, and they say, no, I, you know, I, I, I get up and you know, I, don't, I get out of my pajamas and I get dressed, and nothing wrong with watching church in your pajamas. And you know, I sing the songs and, and I watch. I like to watch at the same time it's actually happening because then I feel like I'm part of the church. You are. I'm not saying that if you're watching at a different time, you're not, but you are. you are. You are here with us. And I don't think they really thought about it. Now, do we have to do the Old Testament sacrifices? No. But having met the Lord by grace, through faith, it's important to do what the Lord says. A lot of people don't like to talk about this. Following Jesus comes with responsibilities. There's actually things that God tells us to do and our attitudes and our efforts in regards to those things is important. Galatians 4.4, we read he was born under the law. He was subject to all the regulations of the law of Moses. He was a poor person of a despised race 
Bible scholars call this Christ's humiliation, but notice Jesus took no shortcuts in his perfection. None. He did all the things that God said to do. Verse 25, we meet a man who meets Jesus for the first time. It says, and behold, look, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just, some versions say righteous. Maybe that has to do with the way he was with people. And devout, he was a man of faith, waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit, you might want to circle that, was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ or the Lord's Messiah. Verse 27, so he came, some versions say he was guided by the Spirit, third mention, into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus, stop right there for one second, opportunity comes to him because he is obeying God. He could have said, ah, you know, not a good day, a little cloudy out. <laughs> I don't feel like going. No, he didn't. Opportunity came when he obeyed God. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, verse 28, he, Simeon, took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, let's stop right there. Bless God, praise God. We're not told if Simeon is a temple official. We're not told that. We're only told he was a just man, a righteous man, and he was devout. So he's actually presented to us as kind of a regular guy, just a guy. Now, why did the Holy Spirit bring Simeon into the temple at that very moment? Before you say to meet Jesus, let's not have it to be that simple. I want to just challenge you and say to you that he brought Simeon in at that moment for the same reason that he brought you here today. For the same reason you are watching online today. For the same reason you're listening on the radio today. Because as you're listening, Jesus wants to meet you. And that's why Simeon's there. As much as he wants to meet Jesus, Jesus wants to meet him. You say, he's just a baby. God knows what he's doing. Now, one thing we have to be careful of, of this whole being led of the Holy Spirit thing. Do not put words in the Holy Spirit's mouth. Okay, don't do that. People who tend to do that tend to do it when it's just stuff they want. You know, back years ago, people would write in stuff like, uh, God led me not to come in and teach the kids tomorrow, Saturday night, 1130 at night. I'm like, oh, God must hate kids. <laughs> don't put words in the Holy Spirit's mouth. Say, I don't feel like coming. I can't make it. Whatever it is, don't put words in God's mouth. And be very, very careful of people who do, especially those of you who are new, right? They'll be like this to you. God told me. Okay, that's a SpongeBob move, if you don't know what that is. Okay. God told me. How many of you sinners know who SpongeBob is? <laughs> All right, don't call me Mr. Krabs. 
<laughs> so it's important to strike the balance, okay? Some people believe there's no Holy Spirit. That stuff's no more. Other people, the Holy Spirit's in everything. Oh, he led me. What do we call that? Lead poisoning. He led me. He showed me. I had a feeling. Strike the balance. I can tell you one thing in my life, my experience with the Holy Spirit is this. He directs me to do the right thing. And sometimes it's not what I want to do. He directs me to be faithful while one, while we are waiting for the consolation of Israel, waiting for the comfort and glory of God to come to his people. More so, remember we say waiting is not just sitting around, and, oh, what are we doing? We're just waiting. No, we are actively waiting for the Messiah. He was actively waiting for the Messiah. For Simeon, it was he was actively waiting for the first coming of the Messiah. We are actively waiting for the second coming of the Messiah. We are active in our faith while we are waiting for God to bring the final completion of his promises. Simeon is waiting for the deliverer, and Jesus came. This is what I love about Jesus so much that it just makes my soul, my heart just burst. The king of the universe, rich, born of poor parents, poor. So there's room for everybody in between. Everybody in between. On Christmas Day, we talked about him meeting the shepherds, the lowlifes of society. Today, he's meeting a man who is described as just and righteous and devout. Lowlifes, just and righteous and devout. Guess what? Plenty of room for everybody in between. No matter who you are, Jesus has his eyes set on you, and you can know that. Once again, if you're looking for a, a New Year's resolution, meet with Jesus regularly. Hear God's heart, and it will be easier for you to find purpose in your life. It will be much easier for you as you wait for Jesus' promises to come to pass. Let me read verse 26 to you again. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit, so it's a divine message, that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Friend, if you are not a follower of Jesus, maybe is that the message for you today? That God has brought you here today? That you would put your trust in Jesus Christ before you would see death? I know some of you think, oh, I got plenty of time. But you know what? None of us knows the day or the hour. The Bible says it is appointed unto man or woman to die once and then the judgment. Here's the problem. God doesn't give you the date and the time. And, and this is what I would say to people. You may never sense the calling of God more than you do at this particular moment. And so that's why it's important to put your trust in Jesus today. But it's not just before you die. Perhaps like Simeon, God has just brought it all together today for you. This is the right place and the right time. Now, again, here the location is important. It's the temple. Once again, when we talk about the prophets, that's the association with the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. And so here he's just saying that he's 
The Holy Spirit is telling him, giving him a testimony that what? That God become a man, God himself, Jesus Christ, is in the house of the Lord. And Simeon says in verse 28, takes him up into his arms. What is he doing? He's receiving his Savior. That's what we need to do. We need to take him up into our arms to receive our Savior, our Messiah, the one that the word of God promised. You can meet Jesus today. You can come back to Jesus today through faith and trust in the one we celebrated just a week ago, the Christ, the Messiah of the manger, who will give meaning and purpose to your life. Well, that takes us to number two, the message, verse 29. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. Some versions say releasing. So this is Simeon talking now. That's called the Nuke Davidus. Those of you who speak Latin. Any of you speak Latin? Wow, one. Okay. Don't pick on my pronunciations. The Spanish people here don't, so you can't. Okay. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. Some versions say releasing, others say dismissing. Now, it appears he's talking about his death. Other people have all other kinds of reasons. I don't know what they are. According to your word, what does that tell us about him? He is a man of the word. Let me ask you, guys, let me ask you a question. How would you like it if people knew you as a man of the word? Wouldn't you like that? I love the machismo of that, man. That dude's a man of the word. And now I know you ladies are women of the word. <laughs> but he's a man of the word. Now look at verse 30. It's huge. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face or the, some verses say, the presence of all peoples. Remember, plenty of room for everybody on the bus. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles, the non-Jews, and the glory of your people, Israel. So Simeon tells us that he knows that the time of the Messiah has come and the promise and it says in verse 31, was made to all peoples. And what does he say? I have seen it. I have seen it. Is that one of the greatest parts about being a Christian, about being a true follower of Jesus Christ, is when you see other people come to Jesus, right? And you're like, I've seen it. I've seen it. Simeon is so overjoyed that whatever the next step of life is, Whatever God's purpose is for him, he is ready to take it. Whatever it is, God, if it's death, that's okay. Whatever it is, the next step, I am ready for it. How can that be? Because he has embraced the message that through Jesus, God will bring salvation. But not just to Israel. Because he's a man of the word, he sees what I would call Isaiah's servant of the Lord, or people refer to as Isaiah's servant of the Lord. Simeon knows the mission of the child is to be the savior of the world. Listen to what the Lord says 700 years through the prophet Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus comes, Isaiah 49, 6. This is God talking. 
Yahweh talking to the servant of the Lord. I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles, to the non-Jews, that you should be my salvation. That's a very important statement there. You should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. So Yahweh just called the servant of the Lord, my salvation. The Holy Spirit says through Simeon, as we fast forward to the New Testament, my eyes have seen your salvation. So this is what's a very important thing to remember. Not only does Jesus bring salvation, Jesus is salvation. He said in Isaiah that you should be my salvation. We often talk about something, and those of you who are older, you remember it from Campus Crusade and Bill Bright and all that, about the plan of salvation, and that's okay. There is a plan of salvation, things like the Romans Road and stuff like that we used to share with people. Now they don't know what we're talking about. We think, well, we're in Italy now? What are you talking about? (laughs) But that's okay to talk about the plan of salvation. But Simeon wants us to know the plan is a person. The plan is a person, the Christmas child, savior of the world, and he's telling everybody right now, and he's telling the Lord, I know, I'm holding him in my arms, and he's in the temple right now. And he's come for all people, all people. He has come to bring you to God, or he has come to bring you back to God. We said a lot of times salvation in the Old Testament has to deal with the idea of coming home. God wants to bring you home, wants to adopt you. We read it in Galatians, and bring you home. Personally, I find Simeon's confidence in the Christmas child, in God the Father, in the Holy Spirit, and the Word of God to be staggering, to be staggering. For many of us, babies steal our hearts. Do you ever hold a little baby and just like, oh, just steals your heart? But see, this baby has stolen not only Simeon's heart, but stolen his soul as well. You know, there's a good chance that Simeon's purpose was to reveal this to us, and his next step will be glory. And the thing is, he's okay with it. If that's so, we see in him the joy of faithfully following and obeying the Lord and serving him with joy all the way to the end. A lot of people think he was old. We don't know. Good chance. But he was waiting and waiting and waiting, serving God the whole time, going to the temple the whole time. And now he has seen his Savior. Don't you want it to be said of you that you finished well? Anybody can start well. But to finish well is such a wonderful thing. I really don't care what's behind me, the Apostle Paul said. I care what's in front of me. And I'm, I got in the same way. I, I just want to finish well, and I hope you do too. For the church, for all followers of Jesus, our mission, our purpose will be to proclaim the message, the good news, 
to all people every day. And then to help them, and we've got to, you know, get our face in the books, to help them to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you do that, not out of guilt, but when you do that out of grace-motivated effort, it will bring you a sense of contentment. Now, you say it's easy for you to say you're the pastor, dude. I think the most satisfying thing in my life is to sit with someone and watch them growing in grace right before my eyes. Thank you for joining us on today's edition of Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Would you like to hear this message again? Simply log on to our website, www.changedbyloveradio.com. There, you can listen to archived broadcasts. We promise that your heart and life will be touched very specifically when you take the time to listen to Pastor Jim's easy-to-follow, verse-by-verse teachings of the Bible. Also, know that we are thankful for your continued support and prayers that allow us to bring our show to you. Through this holiday season and messages just like this one, may you find joy in the Savior Jesus Christ. He can give you peace that passes all understanding, even during this busy time. Will you make plans to join us again next time for another encouraging, comforting, and also convicting teaching of the Word of God? Please do. We hope to be with you next time here on Changed by Love.